0: What I've been looking at lately, of course, looking at Isaiah chapter 60, we can just start there, I think. Uh, But the theme that's on my heart from the Holy Spirit is multitudes and nations. Multitudes and nations are our destiny, brothers and sisters. Because if we're not here for multitudes and we're not here for nations, what are we here for? Are we just here to hold the fort because Jesus is coming? We just hear, well, as long as we huddle together, everything's going to be behind the four walls of church, we'll be safe. And some of us are old enough to remember when uh, a passion for souls was burning in the hearts of most Christians that would call themselves serious-minded Christians, amen? So, um, and and I'm just reminded when I say that, about that uh, verse in Joel, or two verses in Joel, where it says, Call a solemn assembly, gather the people. Solemn doesn't mean that we all be glum and poor-faced and religious. It means be serious about why we gather, okay? So I'm here this morning because I've got multitudes and nations on my heart, and I want to cast that vision so that others, now I know a lot of you are are, are similar-minded, but you know, whoever shows up here on a Saturday morning, that's what they're going to get. In the same worship service, on the lord's day morning too we mention that a lot we pray for revival and yeah i don't care who doesn't like it amen that's what we're about the business of god moving in the nations and particularly in our nation so i'm gonna just uh start by sharing and i think i've shared this before but i'll do it again because it's so important when i when i was a boy i always felt god's hand in my life and i had uh you know i had christian relatives who were praying for me, okay, aunties, cousins, all that type of thing, who were, who were serious Christians. So I, I believe that the Lord used them to pray me into faith. So even as a wee boy, I had encounters with the Lord. But um, when I became a teenager, um, I got very, very serious with, with the things of the Lord. I still had a lot of stuff going on in my life that, you know, I wouldn't say I was an exemplary Christian, but, but I felt God's hand on me. And I remember going up to my room in my parents' house, and I remember having visions, okay? Quite a lot of visions, uh, or it seemed that way, but the very first vision I had was of multitudes, multitudes of people coming to the Lord. And then I had other visions, uh, not the same vision, but, but the same thing, multitudes, okay? I remember very clearly seeing the time that we live in right now. Okay, that's quite some decades ago. I know it's hard to believe. Uh, But quite a while ago now, where I would would see the time that we're living in now, and multitudes. Now, it wasn't, I would say, the majority of people in Britain. Okay? And it was Britain-wide. But we're talking millions. You know, we're talking uh, at least 2 million people I remember seeing. And so, that's something which I would say predated even my getting born again uh, or certainly making that commitment to the Lord so I had those visions uh, burning in, in my heart burning in me but what happens is you become a Christian, you go to church and sometimes church knocks those visions out of you because you become church minded not multitude minded because a lot of churches I've been in been great churches. Some of them have had that evangelistic fervor and longing to see people saved. But as time has gone on, that's less and less. So nowadays, church is all about seminars, conferences, meetings, where you go to be, become a better Christian, where you learn how to pray more, pray better, be more effective. Uh, you know, wealth management or... or it's all designed to keep what's happening with God inside the four walls of church mm-hmm. and how you can improve your prayer life, how you, you know healing seminars, all that. But the folks out there, they've become less and less and less and less important. I'm just talking about my experience. I don't know if you've had a different one. Maybe you have, but I'm talking about what I've observed and what I've seen. Um, I, I could go into all kinds of testimonies and stuff. Uh, you know, but, but I, I began preaching on the street. Well, maybe I didn't actually, but a lot of my early preaching experiences were on the street. Okay. Uh, and you know, when you when you get in the street to witness or to preach, you know, anybody could tell you this, that has been involved. The Holy Ghost comes upon you. Because the heart of the Holy Ghost, the heart of the Father, the heart of Jesus. Is for those folks out there now I'm not saying it's all evangelism and we shouldn't bother about church I'm not saying that but what I'm saying to you is if we lose that focus and that consciousness and you know what the Lord's shown me you know I'm going to share some things is it's all through the word it's all through the word multitudes and nations we're gonna look at that let's look at Isaiah 60 he says arise shine your light has come the glory of Yahweh is risen upon you, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, deep darkness the people. And that's where we are, we've, we've, we've spoken about that. There's darkness in the face of the earth right now, deeper than maybe any of us have ever known. And we've all seen some bad stuff, amen? You know, if you live in Glasgow, you've seen some bad stuff, okay, yeah. over the course of the, or the west of Scotland. His glory will be seen upon you. The nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Now there he's talking about nations. Okay. Now we 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 need to stop having this insular-minded mindset that it's just us for no more type thing. It's our wee church, you know. And a lot of churches because you know, people go to churches. You go to a good church and you, you, you love your church, you like, and you like the folks that go there, you, you actually start to think that we're where it's all happening. Amen? You know, our wee church, or our big church, is where God's moving, and I feel sorry for folks that don't come to our church, because your church is the best church in the world, man. Am I right? We've all been to churches like that, and you know what? There's some good churches where that's, that's the mindset, because you enjoy, you know, it's, it's like saying, in a sense, uh, you know, every family thinks it's the best family in the world. Don't, am I right? And, and, and there's because it, church is family, and you love your own family more than you love other families. But what happens is you get this thing, like I said, And a special meeting in the church becomes a seminar with a visiting speaker uh, from America most of the time, or a visiting missionary. And it's all about what's happening in the four walls. Mm -hmm. Amen? Mm -hmm. And our hearts do not believe, break, whatever. For all the folks in the streets around us, especially here where it's a built-up area, that don't come to church. They don't care about church, don't care about Jesus. Don't care about our faith. And, and you, get, you actually get to a place where you accept that. But you say, you know what? They're no interested. This generation's no interested in the things of God. And so we have that. So all of a sudden, we've made that divide between us and them. And them is the lost. They're the lost. They're unsaved all around us. They don't care about what we care about. So we're not reaching them. And as time goes on, we care less and less, don't we? Well, we've prayed for years, nothing's happened. Okay? And then you get this whole business of, well, one day God's going to move, and we spoke about that, and Jesus says, no, the fields are right now. Ah, no, no, Lord, you don't understand. It's four months to the harvest. You don't, you don't know how these things work, Jesus. You're in heaven, and we're down here. we'll tell you what's really going on down here. Okay? And we... We, we start to tell Jesus when the harvest will be and how it's going to come. Or we just say, well, you'll, you'll do it one day, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's get back to my week seminar and conference in my church. I'm so looking forward to it. And, and, and our hearts grow cold. And we don't have multitudes and nations on the mind. When all that's on God's mind is multitudes and nations. And then you get the folks that say, and I don't like this. Well, it's not all about numbers, pastor. It's not about numbers. It's about discipleship. You know, we we lecture God on what's important, don't we? Am I right? It's It's about being a good disciple of the Lord Jesus. Well, you can still be a good disciple. In fact, you cannot be a good disciple of the Lord Jesus if you don't have harvest on your mind. But if you just say, look, it's us 24, and no more. We're happy. We don't want to grow. Listen, I people that are very precious to me, um, and I know that's, that, that's been in their hearts. People come in, what, what are they doing here? Listen, I've been in meetings in this building. Not that long ago, when somebody came in that, and someone, what are they doing here? Okay, so am I right? What are they doing here? So you know, anybody a fresh face turns up, oh, we don't want them here. Am I right? You know, it's that old. We laugh about it, but it goes on. They've sat in my seat. That's where I sat. So, folks, I believe the Lord wants to take us out of ourselves and our own wee bubble. And start and say to us, let's get back to focusing on the harvest. Let's get back to focusing on multitudes and nations. Because that's who Jesus sent us to. The two commissions um, that Jesus gave to the disciples, Mark chapter 16, go and preach the gospel to every creature. That's a lot of creatures. Amen. So what, what, what he's saying is you get to Glasgow, go to Buchanan Street, see all those folks. Multitudes. Go to a Rangers game or a Celtic game. There's multitudes. And he's saying, go preach the gospel. He's not saying, go up to everybody and hand them a track, badge them, or Bible. What he's saying is, preach the gospel to every creature is, is the Lord's way of saying to us, you know, it's not just a few that I want to gather, it's every creature. God is not willing that any should perish. And then the other commission is, Jesus says, go and disciple the nations, Matthew chapter 28. Now people say, yeah, what he meant was take disciples from the nations. But, you know, if you study the Greek and there's plenty of stuff online about this, that's not what Jesus said in the Greek. He didn't say go and make disciples from the nations. He literally meant go disciple nations. So, you know, some of us don't even know how to disciple individuals. And then But you've sent us to nations. We fall far short of where we're supposed to be. Okay? Because we're, we've been trained and conditioned by religion, by, quite frankly, a lot of fear-filled leaders and just a whole bunch of folks because it's too much inconvenience mm-hmm. to say, let's, let's go reach the multitudes. Yeah. Okay? Or we tried that we had a, we had we had we did something twenty five years ago in our church. We tried to reach every house, and it didn't work. Nobody came. So let's forget it then. Let's just stick to us for and no more. Um, but he says here, the nations shall come to your light. Now I'm going to ask: Do we believe that? Do we believe that the light that is in us is magnetising the nations towards us? You know, and 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 I'm going to say this: I believe we've to go to nations. I believe that, I believe if have to go to nations, we have to go to our nation, but in this particular thing, he says, the nation's going to come to you. If you're shining bright enough, the nations will come to you. So there's two things, we go to the nations, of course we do, we go, we, we, we reach people, but also do we have the faith to say the nations are coming to us? I said, vision he had. In this place, and he said to it's not just for this church, it's for other churches. It's for the church, the body of Christ. Do we believe that we're going to come to church one day and there's going to be hundreds of people waiting to get in? Yeah, Amen. Yeah. Well, we have to have, you see, well, my faith's not there. Well, start building faith for that then. It's not a condemnation. Oh, you don't have that. You don't, you don't have multitudes faith. No, we're not saying that. Because we can develop multitudes faith. We just haven't. We've been lazy and complacent that we haven't done it. I believe that. I, I, I'm putting myself in that bracket. You know, and you know, as a pastor, any pastor will tell you, the temptation is to say, if you get enough folks to come in, that you've got a good wee going church, then you're cushy. Yeah? But folks, you're not cushy in the Lord's eyes. Because God has increased on his mind. Increase is a good thing. Abraham said, Lord, uh, I've got a guy that works for me. He's my heir. If I die, he gets everything. I'm not content with that. I want my own baby. And he took a shortcut, as we know, and he got an Ishmael. Sometimes we take shortcuts, we get an Ishmael, right? Uh, Ishmaels aren't Isaacs. But eventually, the miracle baby was born. Isaac came along. And I've got a wee baby boy on my knee. Hallelujah. I've got the son of, I believe God and I've got my miracle boy. And God said, that's not enough. That's not enough. You might have one son and your mind. I've got uncounted sons and daughters on mine you'll never be able to count the only person that can count them is is God no human could He's, he's saying to Abraham your vision is too small and I believe God's saying to us today the challenge that the Holy Spirit has given us today is will you expand your vision something closer to me like we looked at before what Jesus sees, we need to see what Jesus sees, not just what we see. So will we expand our vision to, to say multitudes of nations are my destiny, not let me find a good church where the pastor preaches as good as Bill. Amen? It's not about our individual walk with God. It's not about, oh well, I'm happy, I'm content, I like the brothers and sisters, uh, there's a good wee breakfast after church, all that stuff it's, it's about I'm not content until there's increase beyond anything I've ever imagined not just for here in my church but for every church that preaches the true gospel for the kingdom, for the body of Christ for the nation I want Britain and Scotland to be a land, the land of the book again and, and filled Full of fervent, tongue-talking, Bible-believing, devil-stomping Christians. And it just keeps growing and growing. That vision. The nations shall come to you. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Harvest. Sons and daughters coming. That doesn't mean we're all going to be Billy Graham, we're all going to hold crusades, but it means that we're all part of the harvest. Your part might be to, to pray. In fact, that's probably the part most Christians should be praying, uh, playing. Then it says, verse 6, The multitude of camels shall cover your land, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come, they'll bring golden and incense, they'll proclaim the praise of the Lord, all the flocks of Kedah. He's talking here about multitudes. Now, we don't have camels in Gangad. Amen? But we've got cars. We've got buses. So what he's saying is, he's speaking obviously in his, his time. He's saying people going to come and they'll come on transport. They'll be transported to you. Ships as well. He mentions ships. And he talks about they'll fly like a cloud, like doves. You have ever seen doves flying like a cloud of them? He's talking, get multitudes on your mind. He closes this chapter by saying this, and we'll look at other verses, but he says, verse 22 A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. What he's saying is, you start off small, but you're going to grow exponentially. Okay, God has increase on His mind, folks. So I want us to look at some scriptures about that. But you need to understand this: God is a multiplier. He's a multiplying God. We see that everywhere we look in the plant and animal kingdoms, don't we? Seeds. God works by seed. Seed time, harvest. We see in the human race seeds are the proof that god is a god of multiplication you know at any given point a man a fertile man a virile man has millions i think it is of seed at all times. amen think about that the potential to father now we're not just talking physical things we're not talking about physical seed we're we're talking here primarily really what we're going here is seed. when he says sons and daughters here he's talking about sons and daughters i believe of a spiritual nature in other words born again children that you'll have harvest that you'll harvest is when seeds grow to fruition amen and we've got to be harvest minded we've got to be multitudes minded we've got to say you know if a hundred come i'm not happy i want a thousand Let's turn to something here. I want to show you this. Isaiah chapter 51. And there's a challenge here that the Holy Spirit wants to give every one of us. And it says here, listen to me. Verse 1, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the hole of the pit from which you were dumped. So he says, if you're somebody who's fallen after righteousness, you're keen, you're you're up on a Saturday morning to come to this meeting, you you care about the things of God, you follow after the things of God, you seek the Lord. He says, look to the rock. Verse 2, look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore you. We just spoke about that. Abraham and Sarah, they had Isaac. Okay, they had Isaac after many, many years of marriage. And Sarah was barren all through that time. And to top it off, she went through the menopause. So if ever a woman could never have children, it was this woman, Sarah. So Isaac, of course, was born. That was a miracle baby, wasn't it? It had to be a miracle. Long after a barren woman, all her years, went through the menopause. And she actually... The miracle power of God, the blessing was working so much in her life that, as an old lady, she became desirable again. And of course, Isaac was born. So that's what he stopped at. He says, "Look to Abraham, your father, to Sarah who bore you, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him." There's a couple of things we need to see about this, and because he's saying to us who are serious-minded Christians. We want God to move in our land, in the nations. We want revival. We want awakening. We're gathered for that purpose on a Saturday morning. It's what we we are about when we go to church. It's what we're about in our prayer time. Serious people seeking the Lord, following after the things of God. He says, look to Abraham, because there's something about Abraham we need to see. He says, I called him alone. And that word in the Hebrew, alone, means one. But it doesn't mean one in our western understanding in fact i've been reading a book that was actually bert's book um, about the hebrew meanings and this word one here or alone in the hebrew it doesn't mean one as a number one or singular or just one it actually means a unified one as a unity like the trinity is a unity like People, when we're all together in church and we're all in one accord, we're united. That's what it means. And what it means about Abraham is, I called Abraham, but Abraham had all his seed in him, all his descendants in him, all the children of Abraham or that would ever be. And that, of course, there's physical seed of Abraham, but there's also spiritual seed. The Bible says, if ye be Christ, you're Abraham's seed. So we're Abraham's seed here this morning so when he says I called Abraham a what he's saying is you were an Abraham when I called him. you were an Abraham when Abraham walked the earth the potential for you the, the, the seed if you like of you was an Abraham. so you need to understand that here's the, what he's saying is Abraham was the father of multitudes. He was a father of many nations. That's what Abraham means. Abram means high father. Okay? Abram means high father. Now what it meant was uh, it meant Abraham was, was, was a great father. He's a great father to Isaac. But God said to Abram it's not enough. It's enough for you but I'm not seeing Isaac I'm seeing Isaac's many, many, many descendants. So much so, Abraham, come, come outside for a wee minute. Come out the tent. Look up to the sky. See all those stars. And back then, they didn't have, you know, what we had, street lights. And I mean, when you saw the the, the night sky back then in the Middle East, it was a blanket. I've, I've seen the uh, night skies like that in Colorado. It's just... It's amazing the amount of stars when there's no street lights or reflected light and all that and he says can you count them so maybe abraham started his wee uh, notebook out from morrison's (laughs) Uh, i give up i can't count them so shall i see be now next next test look at the desert Look at, the, look at the sand. Can you count the grains of sand? So he maybe picked some up and went, that's one, that's two. Oh no, there's three there. Oh, uh, oh give up. So shall I be. God is saying to you and I, can you count the multitudes that will come if you believe me for them? If you'll have them on your heart. See, God was saying to Abraham, don't just think about your boy, that's great. But through him, and Isaac shall thy seed be called. So he said, it's not Isaac. Isaac is just, he's like you. He's a patriarch. He's the head. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they're known as the fathers, the patriarchs. He says, you will have uncounted seed through Isaac. And of course, they had Isaac, then Jacob. Jacob had 12 children. Yeah. And then, and it just kept growing until there was a great multitude in Egypt at the time of Moses. And that great multitude came out of Egypt, as we know. So he says, look to Abraham your father, because in him was the potential for multitudes. And he says, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Now, that's blind to us a wee bit. Because what does it mean? Well, the word increased is the Hebrew word rabba. And it means multiplied. I had one man called Abraham, and my purpose was to multiply him to be the father of multitudes. Now, that's the blessing of Abraham, folks. And every single person in this room, male and female, has that blessing upon them. So if Abraham was the father, and it said, of course, uh, the same about Sarah. She was the mother of many nations, mother of multitudes. So every single Christian person born of the Spirit of God becomes a child of Abraham. Has Abraham's blessing upon them, and it's the blessing of multiplication. So multitudes are in you and I, in potential, as we sit here today. Amen. Amen. But but if you if you, all you've heard is. Just be content, you've got enough to have the church. Keep the church doors open, keep the lights on. Us 24, no more. Don't bother about the the masses out there. Don't bother about the folks out there. They're all going to hell and they're all going to get a big shot when Jesus comes back. Amen? Is that the heart of God for all the people? Because if that was the heart of God to you and I, we wouldn't be here. So we're really going to start functioning from what Jesus sees, the multitudes, the harvest, fields ripe, and from the heart of God, which says, I'm not willing that any of these little ones should perish. But you know what? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they're not going to get in the doors and hand out tracts. They're not going to get angels to chat the doors with an angelic visitation for every house in Glasgow. Why? Because that's our job. Reaching the multitudes, bringing in the nations, discipling them. That's not the job of the angels. They'll get involved, but it's our job. So he says here, I multiplied them. I blessed them. In other words, I took Abraham and I multiplied Abraham. And every person here today is, if you like, part of that multiplication process because we're all heirs of Abraham Aren't we? We've inherited Abraham's blessing. We are, we are, Ab- we are Abraham's seed, because Jesus was Abraham's seed, and we're in Christ, so we're Abraham's seed. That's what Galatians chapter three says. Now look at this. Okay, let's go to Genesis chapter one. And 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 he says, he and I want to show you this. It's so important. See, we have to accept that God wants to multiply us. Now you might say, "Well, I'm not called to be a preacher. I'm not. You know, I, I, I don't. I don't want to go and do witnessing and handing out tracts and all that." Well, God can change that in us, okay? But I, 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 we need to start somewhere anyway. And where we start is, God, give us a heart for multitudes. Give us a heart for souls. Let me come out my bed in the middle of the night weeping because there are souls going to hell while I've been asleep. Ah, well, you know, we've got to be realistic. We live in the last days. Yeah, well, let's talk about that in a minute. But watch this. Genesis chapter 1, and it says here, uh, verse 26, God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have domain over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and, and over every the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Isn't it good to know that God's given his dominion over creeps? Amen? Plenty of them. Anyway, that's, that's another sermon. Verse 27. God, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Not 27, 72, 54, whatever genders he created them. Male and female. But I'm confused. Well, there's your problem. I meant to confuse you with what gender you are. Amen. Male and female who created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, "Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. Be fruitful and multiply." That's what God's saying to you and I today. He's not just talking. He's not. He's saying to them, "Be fruitful and multiply," meaning have children, of course. But we're not talking about physical children today. Okay, because you will have past childbearing age. How can I have children, folks? We're not talking about having, you know, physical babies. That's going on. We're talking today spiritually. Be fruitful and multiply. Don't be content with just our little crowd. But say to yourself, we want droves. We want throngs. We want flocks. We want multitudes. Not so that we can boast about it. Our church has got 300 people now. No, it's not about that. The boasting that we do is people are coming to Jesus by the droves. Doesn't matter if they come here. Doesn't matter if they go to your church. What matters is they're coming, they're gathering. They're gathering to the Lord, to the King. They're not gathering to, uh, you know, uh, a slunk presentation, a charismatic leader. They're gathering to the Lord. Multitudes. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm rejoicing because, multi- see, it says that there's joy. The angels rejoice when a sinner comes. Why not keep the angels busy all the time? Why not have seven, sorry, heaven I just full of rejoicing because so many people are coming to the Lord be fruitful and multiply. and then let's just look at this very quickly uh, I need to watch my time a wee bit. chapter 1 now we spoke about the scholars differ about how many came out of Egypt how many were in the wilderness at the time of this Certainly a minimum, maybe two to three million, you would say. Which is a lot of folks. Especially if you're uh, lugging them around the wilderness. There's no Tesco's in the wilderness. Amen. There's not anything, much in the wilderness, except wilderness. But somehow they were were managing to... to There's still a nation in the wilderness. There's still lots of them. And watch what it says here. Verse chapter 1. He says here, this is Moses, he says, verse 9, I spoke to you at that time saying, I alone am not able to bear you, or I'm I'm not able to carry you, or lead you by myself. Uh, The Lord your God has multiplied you. And here you are today as the stars of heaven, In multitude. What he's saying is. You know that promise God gave Abraham. It's already being fulfilled. And this is just 400 and some years later. Okay. Your God has multiplied you. May the Lord God of your fathers. Make you a thousand times more numerous than you are. And bless you as he has promised you. Thousand fold. A thousandfold, a thousandfold. I've seen a thousandfold. I've seen multiplication. But, folks, he says you're already uncountable. But the Lord make you a thousand times more. What, the thousand I think is a symbolic figure, not necessarily a literal figure. What he's saying is, just let it keep going. What's called Exponential multiplication—it mm-hmm. just comes to a point where it just—it goes, you know, it just becomes uncountable, okay. So, multi- multitudes, multiplication. This is a, a deep truth of divine multiplication, that multiplication in God's economy is exponential, or in the kingdom, we could say, it just keeps on exploding in growth. If we stay in that place where we're contending for it or believing for it okay not if we say right put the brakes on we've got enough we don't want any more you know if your church is full to overflowing then have extra services okay or have meetings in different places okay but just keep growing keep going and keep growing And we've lost that mindset. That was once, I would say, almost universal in the church. But we've lost that. It's holding on to what we have. And I believe in God saying, gather. He's saying, gather to prepare uh, uh, to host many, many more. Amen? We've got empty seats in here, haven't we? They're not sitting there to make the place look pretty. They're sitting there to be filled. Now, Agnes keeps rebuking me, so we don't use the phrase anymore, bums on seats. Because if you believe God for bums on seats, it's the bums that come. (laughs) Amen. You've got a multitude of bums. But you know, bums need saved too, don't they? Amen. So she says, don't don't use that phrase, don't use that phrase. So we don't use that phrase. But what we do say is, we want derriere on seats amen we want people to come and get saved get healed get delivered get set free invite their loved ones growth expansion increase multiplication and some of us have seen that in times past in churches yeah but it just seems especially in the last two or three years COVID, i thought don't come to church anymore pastor i know of many churches that are shut down and people say it with glee in their voice don't they Ah, you know, it's a different world now. No, it's the same old bad world. It's just that God does not change. He's still got multitudes on his mind. He's still got the great heart. We all talk about revival. Well, let me ask you, where's it going to come from? We we all just going to get electrified and we jump up and down and get the tambourines out. Amen? Or does it mean more folks coming? It means both, doesn't it? It means we get set in fire. But you know, if you set something on fire, anybody that touches that thing or that person gets set in fire too. So we want multitudes, multitudes and nations. So I'm going to leave it there. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter two. This is where I feel the Lord wants us to go with us this morning. In fact, the Lord gave me this this morning. I already had my message and then he gave me this and i thought oh no that's not like you lord to change the message but he wasn't changing the message he was augmenting the message amen all right isaiah chapter 2 it says the word that isaiah the first one the son of amaz sorry amoz saw concerning judah and jerusalem well we're judah and jerusalem in the sense that judah jerusalem that's zion we're the zion prophetically speaking, we are the people of God. So hear what it says. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days. Are we in the latter days? Yeah? Amen. Amen. That the mount, see this, this is a different thing from what we're hearing from a whole bunch of folks, and even leaders. Oh, we're living in great darkness. Well, yeah, we've seen that. There's going to be a great falling away. Well, yes. But that doesn't mean to say that God doesn't have an answer. And in fact, his answer is the answer to the falling away. Amen? You don't have revival of things that are full of life. Amen? Revival means come back to life come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains now mountains here is a metaphor uh, for kingdoms nations empires powers Uh, teach that in bible college about the seven mountains it can mean also you know the seven mountains of culture uh, education business media all that thing governmental in other words powers and mountains. Mountains means powers when it's used in this language. The Bible speaks about Mount Edom, which is the Mount of Edom, or Mount Zion, which is the the Mount of the Lord, all these things. And he says here, the mountain of the Lord's house, that's us, isn't it? We're the mountain of the Lord's house. Notice that the mountain and the house are connected. We can get into that another time. But we're the mountain of the Lord's house. We are Mount Zion. And it says shall be established on the top of them in other words every other mountain that's out there in the world will be on top of it in the latter days are we on top of it right now no we're not we're not um we're we're, we're very much on the fringe we maybe used to have a say and a voice in the nation but that voice has dwindled. People are now just, oh, that's all, those crazy Christians. Those religious folks. Those Bible thumpers. Watch what he says, look. It says, but the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. So that's, there's, in other words, the tide is, and we've looked at that, the tide is going to change, the tide is going to turn. Things are going to change that, It's not going to be that we're on the periphery, nobody cares, we're just loonies. Something has to change. That instead of being way down here and all the other mountains up here, scorning, looking down, woof! Like in the days of the early church, they turned the world upside down. What they meant was the dominion of the saints came into being. And all the kingdoms of this world were... were, uh, Conquered by the people of God, so that Christianity, which was despised and all the martyrs, eventually became accepted in in the world. But look what he says here: the mountain of the Lord's house will be established, in the top of the other, all the other kingdoms, all the other powers, shall be exalted above the hills. And watch what it says: that next little phrase, verse two, and all nations shall flow to it. All na- he says in the latter days, all nations will flow to the people of God, to the church, to the kingdom, to you and I, to the gathering. Yeah? To church where you go. Amen? All nations. Multitudes of nations are our destiny. Why? Because the Bible says so. All nations. Shall flow again. It's not well, we're going out to the nation. It's a great thing, it's a noble thing. Missionary work, we're supposed to do it. But it says they're coming a time where they're going to come to us. Shall flow, flow means you know, it's pouring all nations. Hallelujah! That means everybody in those multitudes, in other doesn't say <coughs> every single person. But it's talking about a very sizable amount. Isn't it? It's talking about the vision I had when I was a teenager. It's talking about the vision that, that maybe some of you you have had and, and you've seen it or you've heard it preached or profed, you know the Jean and now vision for Scotland that will go across the nations to into Europe. All nations shall float it. Now watch what it says. Many people. Many people. Many people is multitudes. Isn't it? Many people means nations and multitudes. All nations shall come to church, to the people of God, to Zion. Many people shall come. Nations and people, multitudes of nations. Many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. Come and let us go up to Glasgow Revival Centre. Come and let us go up to Victory Christian Centre. Come and let us go up to those folks that have the answer. Let's go to church. When is it it open? Sunday at 11. I can't wait. I'm going today. I'm going to chat the door, see if they'll let me in. That's what he's talking about. Because I need the answer. What's going to be the catalyst? What's going to do that? Well, I'll I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't entirely know the the fullness, but I think meetings like this are a start. To get us activated and aware and encouraged and energised and empowered and equipped and enabled to an anointed to say lord that's in your word isaiah chapter when's this happening lord isaiah chapter 2 when are we going to see this because it has to happen soon many people shall come and say come and let us go up to the mountain of the lord to the house of the god of jacob he will teach us his ways and we walk in his paths For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations. There's nations. And rebuke many people. Oh, well, that's the second coming. I don't believe it is. Okay? Because it says he'll rebuke many people. How's he going? The mountain of the Lord. We are the mountain of the Lord. Aren't we? He'll rebuke many people, multitudes. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. Okay? That's in the latter days. The latter days are the days we live in. Many people will go up and say, You know, those Christians do have the answer. They've got it. They've got the goods. So we need to go and see if there's a meeting on. And we just open the doors and you come. Mm -hmm. That's the vision he saw. And just before we close, I I might look at this in another context. Because, see, multitudes and nations is what's on my heart. And, you know, really, that's why we gather. Because we believe in God for growth, for expansion, for increase. Not just here, for the kingdom, for the body of Christ, throughout the land. Amen. Wherever the word is preached truthfully or truly and faithfully, not in woke churches, not in fear filled churches. We hope that they would change, but not where Adam can marry Steve and stuff like that. Yeah? Isaiah chapter 25. We'll look at this at maybe another time. Verse 6. In this mountain, Mount Zion, the mountain of the Lord's house, same mountain he just spoke about, the Lord of hosts will make for us four and no more, for our little church in the Wildwood. Yeah? For, for, for our wee band of faithful folk. Or our wee denomination. Our denominations. The, the, the true denomination. The Lord will make for just us little band. Us, us few folks. No, no. The Lord will make. Lord of hosts will make. For all people. Multitudes. 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 We need to start being multitudes minded folks. Yet again. In our Christian walk will make for all people a feast of choice pieces and so on and he will destroy on this mountain on Mount Zion or in this place in this place right here in any church or any gathering of Christians where they're aware that we're Zion and this is a God's vision for us of multitudes and nations will destroy in this mountain the surface of the covering cast over uh, Easter House, cast over Edinburgh. In other words, just some folks. That's not what it says. It's not what it says in my Bible. The surface of the covering cast over all people. What that tells you is there's a veil, there's a covering, there's a veil over people. That blinds them. The God of this world has blinded the minds. So that's why they would rather go and watch football than come to church. That's why they'd rather um, have barbecues in the back garden on a Sunday rather than come and get the word of God into their heart. Why? Because they're blinded. There's a covering. And that covering says don't want to me, we go to all those... Bible thumping loonies. You want to stay in your house, or you want to go to B and Q, or you want to go to the pub, or you want to go that drive, that run. Never mind the church. Never mind the mountain of the Lord's house. There's plenty of other mountains you can be entertained on. But it says from Mount Zion that all that's going to be destroyed. All that mess out there is going to be that blinds the minds, the veil, the covering. And we can get into this in greater detail. Another time, he says it's going to be destroyed from this mountain, from the church, from the body of Christ, from the kingdom, from Ecclesia. And it says, and the veil that is spread over all nations, there you are, all people, all nations. He will swallow up death forever, the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, the rebuke of his people, or the shame of his people, he will take away from all the after the Lord has spoken. In other words, when they say it's just, just those mental Christians, just those loonies in church. They don't, they don't have anything important to say. Why are you listen to them? They're all hypocrites. Yeah? They're all they're only after your money, those preachers. Yeah? Why do we why would we go? They're only after your money. Okay, and, and 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 they're all hypocrites. The rebuke of God's people, with the shame, the reproach, is what it means. It says that's all going to get moved away. That's not, people are not going to, people won't dare say that anymore. Why? Because the fear of the Lord is coming, folks. I mean, if see the greatest gift you can give to any person or any group of people is the fear of the Lord. Because when the fear of the Lord comes upon people, you don't need to evangelize. You don't need to hand out tracts. You only have to open the doors and you come because they'll, they'll be running in. It's happened. We spoke about Louis survival. I spoke about my friend Norman. That's how he got saved. Stought down the road, drunk. Not even in church. do not want to go to church. All those holy rollers. I'm not taking part in that. Walked down the road. Bam! Feel the Lord happen. Born again. The rest of his life served the Lord. Wonderful man of God. When the fear of the Lord comes. So, how, did, how, does, how does the gathering take place of all those folks out there, the multitudes of nations? The fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is the answer. Amen. It's a big part of the answer. I don't know that you need anything else. What else do we need? Amen. We've already got the building, just need on the Yoma doors. I'm not being flipped, I'm not being glib, I'm not, like, oh, it's that easy, it's that easy. Nobody said it's easy. I'm saying that we make it complicated and we make it, oh, well, you know, they're not interested. They're not interested because they don't have the fear of the Lord. So that's one thing we could be praying upon. Anyway, folks, our time uh, is kind of running short here now. So I want to just uh, draw it to a close. Increase or multiplication is a God thing. Let's not be content. Sitting in churches that are dwindling. You know, oh well, since last year so many people have died. Are churches less and less and less? We might have to close the doors. That scenario is being played out across the nations, isn't it? How are we going to reverse it? We've and it's not just, oh, well, we're just going to hype it up. We're going to whip it up. We're just going to, you know, we're going to recruitment drive. We're not talking about a recruitment drive or you need to invite more people to church, folks. We're not talking about that. We're saying, what does God's word say about the last days, the latter days? It says we're going to be engulfed and inundated with people and nations pouring into the kingdom. We need to make a decision. That we will transition from where we are right now to a place where we believe God for this to happen in our lifetime, in our day, in our generation and happen real soon. Amen. Uh, And it's not putting it off to the future and saying, oh, well, maybe one day because that's the big trap we fall into. But it's saying, Father, now is the day of salvation. Lord, we want to see this in our midst right now. We're believing for it. We're contending for it. We thank you for it. We receive it. In Jesus' name. The Lord bless you, folks.